One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this here is Merrick Larwood. Hello, Merrick. Hello, David. Hello, film lovers. Did you have a good Halloween weekend? I um, went out the night before. Yeah. With I'm doing a play at the moment. How's it going? I'm an actor. I cannot tell. <laughs> It is for kids, so no one really interested. For our listeners, you might want to come and see you it's in a play. I want my or... hat back. It's on a temporary theatre at the National Theatre. I don't really like theatre, but I don't, I, I don't know if it'd be any good. Probably not. All right. Anyway, and I, I went out and I got really, really drunk. All right. So drunk that, and someone, you know when someone buys you a drink and you say, can I have a Diet Coke? And you mean, I would like a Diet Coke. Not, yeah. I do not want a double vodka and Diet Coke. Yeah. Oh, somebody got you a Someone got a me a double vodka. Yeah. <laughs> oh, As in, God. there we go. Well, you're going to now misjudge what you're drinking. Then the shots came out, and I did the very first time I've puked in the street. I got off the night bus after speaking to a tramp for a while. <laughs> got off the bus immediately. Oh, the cold sweat of being on public transport, knowing that you yeah. might well, and 45 minutes all the way back to Crouch End. Literally off the bus. I don't think I've done that since, you know... Possibly since I was 18. I have not I ever was, done it. I was sick in an ornamental fountain in the middle of a dance floor in uh, Corfu when I was 18 years old. That oh. was a low. So if you were... It, Presumably it just filtered it round all yeah. night so it became a fountain. Probably fountain still there. Sick. <laughs> Probably still is. I, if you were in Crouch End on Halloween Day and you went past the news agents and there was them, some sort of red wine-ish puke outside, that was me. Oh, right. And then I managed to get into a, sort of a flowery sort of bush area. Yeah. Did a bit there. And um, several put other points. <laughs> Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. So my Halloween was t- terrifying. It does sound a, horrible. I was just in bed the whole day. Wow. How well, was yours? It was all right. Yeah, I did it. I did a show at the Omnibus Theatre in Clapham. Oh, you all you did? A, uh, imp- I was working. Yeah. Improvised séance. We did. Did you summon any ghosts or ghouls? We did. We summoned the ghost of uh, Jessica Festoon, uh, played by Suki Webster. I'm not a real ghost then. No, it wasn't real. I don't care then. It was, it was for com- comedic effect. Well, this is not about sick or theatre. <laughs> It's often about sick. But, uh, no, we're going to try and talk about films. Now, I've been to the cinema uh, this week yep. to see uh, one of the biggest films of recent times, uh, Spectre. Now, before I get into it, it, it's the James Bond film. Are you a fan of the James Bond films? It, they're sort of action genre, which you haven't been a fan of uh, in the when past. When I was younger, I re- yeah. there are some really good ones. I like Live and Let Die. I think The Spy Who Loved Me is really, really good. I also remember quite liking Timothy Dalton's Living Daylights as well. Yeah. I wasn't a big 
fan of the Brosnan era. And I, not... I was when they first came out, but I think it may have been partially I was the perfect age for Bond and also the N64 game of Goldeneye that we played a one lot the, at school. One of the greatest games ever. You know, the I was reading about this weirdly, it's a side point, but... Um, the multiplayer of GoldenEye was added as an afterthought and took them about two days to implement. We played at university, Stone. I'm old when you're on it, so yeah. we, we were at university playing that. Stone I was in college, time. like sixth form college. Yeah, great. Um, so, Bond, as a, I'm, I am, as regular as all know, I'm an arsehole <laughs> and um, I don't like action films. And with Bond, they've sort of tried Skyfall, the previous one. I found really weird and didn't sit right. I love what's his name, the villain in this one or Skyfall. Christoph Waltz. Uh, no, in the previous one. Have you about them? Not used enough. No, not at all. And they made it all about. I think we probably talk, we were probably reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, it was all about the whole weird sort of f- f- Freudian mum thing with uh, M. And I just thought, just Freudian do you know what? Mom. Freud, it's that called was, the Freudian mum. That was thing. that was the theme tune, wasn't it? What was it? Uh, it was loads of uh, sexy silhouettes of mums dancing at the we, beginning. I was going to say hoovering. Um, that'd be really sexist. No, no it was Adele did Skyfall, and then it's uh, that Sam Smith bloke did the uh, the one for this. Anyway, Spectre is yeah. the fourth Daniel Craig Bond film. Yeah. Um, uh, and since Casino Royale, they've actually been doing a sort of canon which Bond never did before as in they link into each other so this one links into Casino Royale Quantum of Solace and Skyfall um, oh. uh, creating some kind you know it's trying to create a cinematic universe I guess and like Marvel does thingy jobs. it's Sam Mendes again of American Beauty fame um, now Spectre is about Bond finally getting to the bottom of the shadowy organisation that seems to actually have been pulling the strings since Casino Royale. Um, and it's headed up by uh, uh, a character called Oppenhauser, played by Christoph Waltz. Is he not seen much in it? He's he's not. He is the villain. He's a really good villain, and he gets exactly the same number of scenes as Javier Bardem in oh, Skyfall. No. He's not in it enough. I've heard this is first half good, second half shit from several sources. I wouldn't say that at all. I would say, um, I mean, do we want spoilers or not? It no, doesn't really matter. Is it long? It's three hours, right? I don't remember. It, it didn't, it's flew by, to be honest. But, I mean, a friend of mine, actually, on Facebook, I think summed it up perfectly, which is, there's a lot to like, Inspector. There is nothing to love. And it's, I was trying to get to the bottom of why. You know, it was diverting, it was fun, it was undeniably stylish it was doing bond correctly you know there's, there's been there's been ones especially in the brosnan era that just weren't bond die another day is is not only one of the worst films ever made it's also not a bond film in a lot of ways it's just nonsense it it's completely lost the plot on that one and so they quite rightly started again with a brand new style this one is 100% bond but it's doing nothing new. And you can count the references to old Bond films in each scene. You know, it starts with a massive Day of the Dead festival in Mexico, which is very reminiscent of um, uh, Live and Let Die, you know, the uh, whole Baron Samdi voodoo skull mask funeral stuff. It's very similar. And uh, there's a fight on a train, which is very like uh, from Russia with love. And... 
there's, there's just loads of it. It's just, oh, yeah, Bond. That's Bond. That's Bond there. There's some Bond stuff. Um, it's enjoyable. I, and, but it is recycling its own ideas now. And there isn't a standout action sequence where you go, oh, yeah. I mean, I rewatched Quantum of Solace recently just because it was on telly. They, they did that thing of before the launch of the new film, they put all of the previous ones yeah. on. Um, and people slagged off Quantum of Solace. Not that bad. I think the story, we, we all slagged it off for being incoherent in the story at the time. The story is more coherent than Skyfall um, and has an incredible sequence that you of, in the opera house. Do you remember that one in yeah. it? Brilliant. So just so clever and you've never seen it before. Like it's great. Uh this has sort of none of that. Like even they, they make more of a character of Q, who's brilliantly played by Ben Whishaw, and and he actually it ends up in the field and gets into a bit of trouble. This isn't really a spoiler. And the only way he he get, and you go, wow, Q has to now get out of trouble what's he going to do and what he does is uh, he pushes through a crowd of students and then hides behind a door and you're like he's supposed to be a genius could you not come up with anything more fun than that couldn't he have used maths possibly used maths there's also as well a piece of stupid science to rival even the fingerprinting uh, the fingerprinting scene in The Dark Knight. I might be going too niche here. Yeah, but do, this is too niche, mate. Do you remember Dark Knight when he, I can't remember that he manages specific. to read a fingerprint from a bullet hole? As in reverse engineer the that. bullet and therefore the fingerprint that must have been on the bullet from the hole in the wall. It's complete gibberish. Anyway, there's there's a DNA sequencing scene in this to rival even that. So it's got its problems, but it's it feels like a modern film, a modern blockbuster film in that it's just doing what do people want? Oh we'll give them that. Get the most stylish director to make it look good and not sound stupid. And then we'll give them what they've already had before. Keep They'll shit it back out after having a lovely meal of Bond. We'll filter it a bit, put it into ice cube trays, and then feed it back to them again. Yeah, I, I um, think it's, they all feel really uh, for instantly forgettable to me, the Bond films. I sort of go in there and just feel so com- convoluted. Yeah. What were the Bond girls like? Uh, they, the, they had severe problems from the screenplay's point of view. So... Um, Leia Seydoff from uh, from yeah, she's beautiful and and a very good actress is given very very little to do. Her character is she's the one who get who tags along for the ride, like is often the way in the Bond films. There's a there's a first act um, shag without consequence lady played without condoms without with, I don't know you don't see that that close but um then it must have been with condoms busy without consequences presumably uh, although um, it was what's her name. The, the actress who's in it famously and is Bond's age is the thing they were actually excited about. Monica Bellucci. Um, so she she's that conquest at the beginning just to have a sexy scene and then they move on. And Leia Seydorf... Is it Seydorf or Seydorf? I don't know. And Seydorf was a, he's a Dutch football player. Okay, it's probably that then. Uh, she, she's basically just capable a tiny bit feisty but doesn't really do anything like so many just underwritten characters that don't a bit need like to be there um me in real life that's right she she reminded me a lot of you all the way through if actually. you thought if you replaced her with a bald tired bald man yeah um there was a moment actually where she stood next to um a meteorite and i thought those could be Marek's parents there yeah 
her and a, a big lump of rock. What do you mean? From space, you know, exciting. Well, like an alien. <laughs> Just I mean, like, like an more alien. the shape, you know. She's slightly more feminine than you. Slightly. I feel like we're staying on topic. <laughs> so anyway, if you like Bond and you're not bothered too much by seeing stuff you've seen before, then it's it's good. But it's it's also if you have problems with the le- the new style of doing franchises. Yeah. Which if, if you if you think back to the eighties when sort of this sort of idea was born and you would when when films when sequels had numbers, you know, like you had Rocky two and Rocky three, and you're yeah. like, Oh, it's another story with Rocky and it takes it on a bit further, but we don't know what's gonna happen and they don't. And you know, it's just it's a same again, another baddie, blah blah blah. And now the modern way of doing it is just rehashing the old ones and do it like I could not stand the Star Trek films for just just reusing and reusing and reusing rather than just being creative. What's going to be like in, in 30 years? I, I've got a point to make about the Bond film. Yeah. I didn't go and see it because you were going to go and see it. So yeah. I was looking for no film to see. As regular listeners will know, I live in a sort of North London area. But both the cinemas I'm equidistant between were totally spectre dominated. Right. So they had three screens and a two screens one. And I didn't. And. They were taking over the whole of the... Th- it was The Martian, which I've already seen. Yeah. Something else, which I've already seen. And just Spectre on all three... So it was really fascinating. Yeah. Nothing was put up against... It was like, well, Spectre's going to... Everyone's going to go and see this, and we're not going to give you any other choice. Yeah. You're going to just watch that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating when Star Wars comes out, which is the only other title anticipated to do better than but Spectre But they were put on all year. screens, weren't they? They will, but who's, who's going to go up against it? Yeah. Would you put the bumming man up against the, the bumming man up against Star Wars? Well, You'd be a fool ready. to. I don't know. I'd be ready yet for December. Sure, but you know, up against uh, Star Wars Nine, would you do that? Star Wars Nine, I think I'd be ready for the bumming man. All right. Um, so, and the bumming man is basically he's a stormtrooper who's gone AWOL. Is he? Yeah. Oh no, they've stolen your idea. What, what do you mean? Who I'm pretty sure that's what Star Wars is about. You are kidding me, that's no. the bummy man. I tell you what, actually, it's funny you say this, but me and a friend called Martin White, who is um a creative genius, he's um he, He's not the bummy man. He's not. He's he, but he's a composer but he also does animation. We've been playing around with a, a sci fi animation idea in our spare time. And we made uh, I wrote these characters and he animated them of this uh, scavenger guy who lives in space and has a rolling ball robot uh, that tools come out of and then as soon as Martin had spent all of that time rendering it lo and behold the trailer for the new Star Wars comes out and it's even the same colour as our one <laughs> which is like ah oh, shit Duffy's done at home is probably equally as good though right oh yeah yeah it's it's exactly the same quality um, yeah so how many how many Davies do you give Spectre oh it's tough um, I mean it's incredibly competent and it didn't bore me. It's just there's something more rotten at the core of all of this stuff. I think a six. Six? Yeah. Okay. It's probably worth more than that, but I don't like the way that things are getting less and less creative. You I've know? been saying it for ages. I think, I think films are more and more feel like they've been created by people who do adverts and music videos rather than tell stories for a living. I've started reading books instead. You started? Yeah. You're uh, never too late to start, is it? It's never too late to start. 
Do you know what my favourite time is, though? What's that? Email time. <laughs> okay. That was a good link. Yeah. Simon uh, Iberson, or Eberson, has written in. Right. What's he want? Well, I'll read it now. Okay. Hello, Marek, Buddy and Thingy. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> that must be you. That must be me. Well, it might not be. Um, you mentioned last week, this is, this is quite a few weeks ago, so this is beyond last week. Yeah. Of changing it. Someone hurting a dog on film as an example of lazy screenwriting. Mm-hmm. These remind me of various hack things. One is the obvious waking up surrounded by bottles for an alcoholic. Another that really annoys me is when a screenwriter wants to tell you subtly what the decade it is and shows you a TV with relevant American president on. Got any others? I will keep watching the films. Simon, IMDb score two. <laughs> That's an excellent IMDb score. Um... Yes, no, it, it's very true, isn't it? The, the the alcoholic waking up in their own bed, uh, but with just bottles everywhere. That one is brilliant. Or sitting at the corner, any time someone's in a corner of a bar. Yep. Um, look, the the tramp looking at the bottle of booze in their hand after they've seen a car chase go past, yeah. and just shaking their head as if it's the booze talking. Anyone who gets pills out to say they're going for a mental breakdown. Sure. I mean, who gets... Everyone gets... They don't get to get the pills out and go, oh, I'll have that in the morning. Like, a normal person would go, I'll have that when I have a drink of water, I'll get it out in the morning. They surreptitiously get the pills out as if they're... It's never... Like, gonna take, I'm going to take a pill like a normal person would. I open the bottle, put it in my hand, done. Yeah. It's always slightly shaking. Yeah. Oh, I need to take this pill now. Um, it's not lazy screenwriting. It's actually probably adept screenwriting. But the... Um, having two characters have a pointless, lovely moment just before something terrible happens, just yeah. before one of them dies, is actually what it is. You know where you just you wake up whilst you're watching the film, you go, why are they having this lovely chat about, oh, oh he's going to die in a bit. Sometimes <laughs> when they get into cars, you know the car's going to crash if they're not going somewhere. What you do know? you think it is about that? I don't know why, but remember that in... This is more TV, in Neighbours... In the uh, 1980s the yeah. sitcom, every time they got on a car, because it was more expensive to film on the trailer, yeah. that's, it was only a car crash scene. Terrible. Ramsey Street. Yeah. I mean, very quiet most of the time, but those cars come out of nowhere. Fridge doors. What about fridge doors? Anyone who opens a fridge door at night. Oh, we were talking about that with Daniel Ward in yeah, Halloween, about the R. White's advert. About anything behind a fridge door... One out of five people. One out. One out of two times. Anyone opens the fridge door in a film. You weren't here when I um when I gave the results of watching uh, the drop. The dog survived. By the way, that oh, was really? what brought up this conversation in the first place. Yeah, it was the film The Drop, but the dog did not die in that film. Spoilers. Um, do you want to read one? Sure. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I started saying it and yeah. I didn't commit to it properly. What I want to do is make uh, our listeners feel more comfortable with not being able to speak properly by not speaking properly on this podcast. I think it's working well. Well, this person is uh, John Sapier or John Sapier, I'm not sure. John Sapier. Sapier. Uh, is that right? Do you I don't know. Which, do one you know? You, which one would you have? Uh, I, thought, I like Sapier. Yeah, it's much better, it's isn't good. it? Uh, doesn't want an accent... He hates the fucking accent. <laughs> All right, John Sapier. Uh, 
and I will read it like this. Uh, hi, David, American buddy, long-time listener, but first time writing. IMDb score 9, and that's not changing anytime soon, as I don't intend to watch any Lord of the Rings films. I recently went to watch Straight Out of Compton at the Cinema City in Norwich, and to my delight was the only person in the cinema. Who would have thought it? Gangster rap not so big in Norwich. It's a great feeling to get a private screening, and this has happened to me twice, but not for a while. The Rock and Red Dragon previously. Have you ever found yourselves alone in the cinema? As to the film, you'd have to like the music to get the maximum out of it, but I do so really enjoyed it. The young cast are excellent, and although a few incidents are clearly adapted for dramatic purposes, it doesn't spoil things and keeps the narrative going nicely. Seven Johns! Keep watching the films. Uh, thank you, John. Straight out of Compton. Neither of us saw that, did we? No, I hate uh, rapping all that shit. Do you? Um, I, uh, I watched Honey, I Blew Up the Kids alone in a cinema um, when that came out. Oh, really? Yeah, there was no one else there. I've that. seen quite a lot in my well recently over the last three or four years. You just have to go to see something that isn't that hasn't been hyped beyond all recognition. Hasn't been, normally come out on Thursday, not been hyped. Go on a Monday or Tuesday morning if there's an early showing. Generally, but even in the, if in the summer, there's yep. no one there. Uh, I saw Spectre in the uh, the screen on the green in Islington. Have you been there? Uh, no, oh yeah, well, it's now the Everyman one, isn't it? It's an Everyman one. I used to go when it was really crap before that. Yeah, but it's it's got nice seats with a bar at the back. Yeah, you they know? bring you food, don't they? It's a bit weird. They can do. Um, it's got little small tables in between, but I quite like that experience. Well done you, screen on the green. Well, it's the kind of place that isn't going to have pricks in it. We might have pricks, but they'll be old pricks. It'll so be not middle class. So not noisy pricks, which is the problem. Middle class pricks. Yeah, but they just sit in the dark being middle class. That's fine. Fine by me. Is there anyone else who's written in? Yeah, Scott Mitchell. Scott Mitchell. Hi, hello, David and Marek. I've said this question before, but as you've made a recent call out for more correspondence, I'm hoping you're a bit more desperate this time and now I have a chance. As it was 2014 when I originally sent this, I've grayed out the parts and messages that are no longer relevant. Sorry we missed your... Occasionally we buy purely through admin problems. We don't. We might not read them out. Yeah. We're, dear, very, we're very busy people. <laughs> dear David and Marek, Singaporean accent please. Oh. There's a lot of expats, so I'm just going to do my own. <laughs> Hello from sunny Singapore. Musicals have been mentioned all my, uh, 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 in, in the last couple of episodes. I haven't. Oh, okay. I oh, know. Which bits am I supposed to read? He's greyed out the bits you're not supposed to read. What are your favourite musicals? Mine is the aforementioned Blues Brothers. I'm messing it up already. It's the first movie I ever saw on VHS, and it turned me into a, a movie fan at a very young age. He's 41 now. I've deliberately avoided watching, ev- watching Blues Brothers 2000 as the reviews were so bad, I did not want it to take my feelings for the first. So to my second question, is there a sequel or another version of the same story, e.g. Batman, Robin Hood, The Great Gatsby, you have avoided because you love the original so much? Finally, my fiancé uh, was partner, and now it's his fiancé since in the, out in the year. Hey. Kareen believes Greece 2 is far superior to Greece. She's clearly wrong. Are there any sequels that you prefer to the original story? I look forward to hearing one, none, or all of the questions read out on the show. Keep up the good work regards Scott. Well, Scott, you got all of them. So what was the first question? Favourite musicals. Favourite musicals. Um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. 
South Park, bigger, longer, uncut, and cabaret. Okay, I quite like Little Shop of Horrors. That's great as well. And any others? Are you a musicals fan? But no, I but I do like Grease. Grease, it's all right. Um, quite like Grease. I've not seen Grease too. I can't account for it I, being better. I, it does have Michelle Pfeiffer exactly. in it though, who is a lot better than John Travolta. I have seen it a long, long time ago. I don't think the songs are so good in the original Greece. You've got some brilliant ones yeah. there, and that's what it's about, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think that um, uh, who's the one who pl- I, I can't remember the names. Who the one who plays when he gets pregnant in the original Greece? Uh, uh, she shakes or something. Yeah, yeah. Her name is. Um, uh, Stockard Channing is the actress. Yeah, she's very good. She's great. She plays the president's wife in the West Wing. Yes. She's excellent. Next question. Rizzo. Rizzo, yeah. Have you, um, okay. Have you uh, uh, avoided watching a sequel because you want to ruin the original one? I usually am an idiot and go and see them anyway um, and then regret it. I'm trying to think if I've ever not gone to a sequel... No, I'm an idiot. I went to I went to Prometheus, and that was toss. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you're you're not to know. You know, I don't think any of us uh, can be blamed for going to the Matrix uh, Two, whatever it was called, Reloaded, because the first one was great, and the second one was just like oh. controversially. I think Back to the Future top ten, maybe top twenty film. Yeah. Shouldn't you have left it? You didn't like the uh, the second and third. They're all right, but the first one's an absolute. I, th- I think I agree, but I think the second and third are they're they're adept sequels. They don't screw it all up. Do you they? don't need it. The first one's a, a yeah. almost perfect film. It is. Um, I mean, what they did cleverly was not make the sequels stand alone. Like they, you, it's like extensions of the first one, isn't it? Rather than mm. the first one again. Um, Jaws two is still watchable. Jaws three. Uh, yeah, I ca- I can't remember ever going. I'm not going to go to this because it will spoil my memory. I went to see Indiana Jones: Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Fucking trousers! I now don't want to watch Indiana Jones anymore. Yeah, but it, it does taint it. Taint it does. It taints it. Um, will you go and see the the Blade Runner sequel when that comes out? I wish they hadn't touched it. I know, but they're gonna they're gonna touch all your things. Uh, oh, what was the last question? Um, are there any sequels that you prefer to the original story? Ooh. Oh, you are right. Whilst I remember, don't ever see Blues Brothers two thousand. Okay, it is not worth your time. You may as well just sit there for two hours and think about your life. It would be more valuable. I want. I loved twenty one Jump Street. Twenty two Jump Street is shit. Yeah. Um, any sequels that are better? They must exist. Um. I always think of the aliens, but it's not as good. I prefer Alien to Aliens. Some people prefer the second Austin Powers film, but but it's basically a remake of the first with more money. So there's a reason for that, really. I Superman think. two. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, Star Trek two. Is that really watch the Star Trek one? Is which it? ones? I forget which two is. Anyway, I'm not very good on that stuff. The first one's bollocks, is what I remember anyway. Uh, Mad Max two. Mad Max two is a lot better. Road Warrior. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I was thinking about remakes. Most remakes are shit, but the one I gave up on watching the original thing 
the thing. I've never seen the original. I started watching 20 minutes. How thought, similar is it? No, it was just weird black and white and it was nothing like it. Is it set in an Arctic research station? Yeah, but I watched, I watched, literally watched 15 minutes and I thought, um, <laughs> no, I'm going to watch the thing again. <laughs> Even the though thing I watched is it. a phenomenal piece of work. Top 10. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest uh, oh. ever. Oh, it's fantastic. Okay, uh, is that one more email? Let's go for one more because it's, Nice to read, isn't it? Oh, it's always nice to read, yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> what? It's Gary Lord. It's Gary Lord. Okay. What does uh, G Lord want us to uh, read this out as? Uh, from Stoke-on-Trent and now live on the Isle of Man. Does that help you, Marek? Any ideas there? What would that sound like? Stoke, it's just Midlands, isn't it? Is it? What's the Isle of Man accent? I'm not from the Isle of Man, I'm from the Isle of Wight. I know you are, but you know, you islanders it, probably uh, meet it, in... Like, just do Liverpool. Oh, shit at Liverpool. Somewhere in between. Uh, Don't do an accent, just no, do it just, normal, because that bloke doesn't like it. I'm boring myself now. Dear American David, I seem to remember you doing a show where you talked about how prior knowledge of a film location can affect your enjoyment of that film. I live a few minutes away from the main location of the Thomas the Tank Engine movie. (laughs) The Magic Railroad. This is a terrible movie, but I have two young boys who love it. Half the movie is filmed on the Isle of Man, and the other somewhere in the USA. I'm certain that you'd be able to tell that these are two different continents, even if you didn't know the Isle of Man. Don't bother watching it, though. There's loads of films made here and it's really nice. I was at a wedding a few years ago in England and got speaking to a girl who, when she asked me where I was living, said that she had been making a film over here with Stephen Fry and they had been laughing about how weird the island is. I think it was probably bollocks, but it it unreasonably put me off Stephen Fry. Also, I heard Felicity Jones on the Commode and Mayo show slag the island off, which is rich, given that Commode's family are from here. It makes me unreasonably think she's a dick too. (laughs) Have either of you been unfairly put off a movie star because of a story or fact you have heard about them? Keep up the good work and my film recommendation, which is showing currently on Netflix, is Housebound. I know Marek is not a huge fan of what we do in the shadows, but this is another New Zealand horror comedy, which is both funny and scary. I give it eight Garys. Regards, Gary. Um, thank you, Gary Lord. Um, ever heard anything about someone and it's really put you off them? Yeah, this is like industry gossip, but you can say that someone's a... Sure, but, well, if you've heard about anyone you've not met. Rumours about people... I mean, I was such a fan of the acting work of Jenny McCarthy until I heard that she was a uh, immunisation uh, denier. Um, yeah, it's tough when you find that they're really um, right. I don't like. Oh, it. Kelsey Grammer, I've heard, is really right wing. Oh, really? That put that really bothered me because I love Frasier. It's not that it put me off of Expendables 3 or Up Periscope. He's not really made any good films. But, you know, that's that's odd. Like when you see Charlton Heston in Bowling for Columbine, immediately I think that's... He's so... I do think that... What's his name's a bit of a dick in it. Michael well. Moore. Yeah. Um, but it puts you off him, uh, Charlton Heston, forever. Yeah. I just think you don't want to get involved in politics if you're an actor, really. Become too much of a... When they come to touch with personalities, it spoils it. Nicole Kidman, it's sort of her general 
demeanour in interviews, when they take themselves so seriously, mm. it puts me off them. One thing was, uh, I, I said this before, the director of Drive... Yes. Um, I saw an interview with him. Uh, he is... I'll tell you his name. I was a huge fan of Drive. one of the best films of the year. His name's Nicholas Windling Reffin or something. I saw... Sort of a, a, I've read a few interviews and seen him being interviewed. He's probably the biggest penis <laughs> I've ever seen talk out loud. That's so up his own ass. If he's listening to this, you are a fucking <laughs> dick. I can't believe you made such a great film because you are the biggest dick I've ever seen talk on camera. I feel that strongly about him. Wow, he I'm going to look him up now. I want to yeah, see what he's he like. He is a knob. And that put me off drive a little bit, which is a shame. That is a shame. And talking of people who put... Uh, Kerry Mulligan's face has put me off her a little bit. Yeah, but I mean that's not something you, no, you've heard about that, her. No, the Mulligan expression. Okay. The Mulligans didn't work for them, but she would do that Mulligan came... She would do that sort of half smile, looking into distance thing. Yeah. That look at least eighteen times in a film. Oh. I'm not saying I've got any range, but um, you can't even do the the mulligan. I can't even do a mulligan. Yeah. Well, I better get on. We talked about dogs, didn't we? We well, yes, we did about killing off dogs in films. Well, I watched a film that I wanted to see come out in the cinema, but because it was a foreign film, it was out for approximately. Um, one day last year <laughs> yeah. on an obscure uh, uh, cinema, but it got good recommendations. It's called White God. White God. Okay, what's it about? It's about a bloody dog. Sounds brilliant. It is a film, and the lead actor is a bloody dog. Now, hang on. There's a, this genre has a lot of films in it, though, doesn't it? You know, Soccer Dog, the Air Buddies movies, uh, Cujo. <laughs> um... Yeah, this. So this is. I don't even know where it, it, it where it is from. It's a foreign film, and it's uh, okay. So what happens is this girl, her par- her she her parents are divorced, and her mum's going away, and she's got to live with her dad, who's a, a bit. A, he is not very nice. Um, it's Hungarian. This film. Okay. Uh, she's got to live with him, and she wants to take her dog with her. And he, for some reason in in um, Hungary, that uh, uh, someone complains about this dog to he doesn't want in the flat. Someone complains about this dog to the local government dog inspector, and he won't pay this tax. So the dog has to get abandoned. Basically, he forces them, her to get rid of the dog, oh. and she spends the whole time uh, searching for this dog, which is a one person she loved and trusted, and it was a really nice dog at the start. And then the dog goes. Through a horror story of like meeting nasty people who abuse it, train it to fight, blah blah blah, and then it sort of turns and gets its revenge. It's not without; it's a flawed film, but it's um, it won. Uh, the dogs in the film were awarded the Palm Dog Award. Is that a thing, or was it created for White God? It is awarded the Palm Dog. To the best performance by canine, live or animated, uh, or group of canines during the the um, Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> so hang on, is it the Palm Dog or the Palm Dog? No, it's the Palm Dog. Palm Dog. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> now, the dog in this <laughs> two different languages. The dog in this is brilliant. Okay, which makes you think. 
So the doggy's the... Bu- Has yeah. he been in anything else I'd have seen? I d- <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. He's... I like it when they use an unknown dog because otherwise he's I just watch it I go that's not who he is he's unknown dog he plays scared yep. he plays loving he plays upset he plays growling he's got more range than me okay and it makes me think if you if they somehow managed by editing yeah to give this dog this range then maybe how an hard, editor could do it for you how hard is acting well know? I can tell you from experience I've made two short films with my dog yeah and, and it, I can tell you the the concept of make-believe is beyond a dog it doesn't know that stuff isn't real ever I've recently been doing stage fighting as a as a thing to do of an evening really good fun by the way swords and punching and all of that don't practice it around your dog it doesn't know you're not punching your girlfriend in the face it's, Whoa! Yeah, like they don't get it, and so anything they they. So when you punched Danielle in the face, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was Buddy's reaction? Well, he was he was like, guys, what's going on? Like he wasn't he wasn't into it at all. Anyway, um, so they're the. I think dogs are the perfect comedians because everything they do is real and it's all as dumb as hell. Like we could, we can only aspire to be as naturally funny as most animals are, because yeah. when we're trying hard, that's not funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, no. If 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 they can manage to film the shots they need to tell the story, I think it's going to be charming, isn't it? I, well, it's quite a dark film. Right. It feels quite. It's quite bleak, and it's not a happy dog film. Uh, and, uh, but it makes you think it must have been a pain in the ass to. To film, or there's lots of other dogs in it, and trying to get a story. Yeah. Half the film, I'm watching it, thinking, "That how long did it take to do that? How yeah. did you get that dog to do that?" Um, the, the the answer to all of that question is always hold a piece of hot dog behind the camera. How many sausages this, did this? My film short take? film took, uh, I think, four hot dogs. And can, we just and say sauce, can we say sausages? Sausages. Four sausages. So a feature film well, and, with, and about, with about I was, dogs I, was, I was very efficient with the filming. Once we'd got it once, I moved on. So they wouldn't do that with a feature because it's too risky. So I would say that dog has probably consumed... Oh, I mean... There must have been a huge sausage budget on this. Huge amount of sausage. Well, it's a Hungarian film. Um, I, the dog wasn't very Hungarian after after making it. No. I thought from the sausages. I think it's really nice to watch a film where it's about the dogs. It was just too bleak. It was more. I think whether I don't know whether I associate dogs films with being happier yeah. films. Did, how did you know the dog was a good guy? Did they have him save a cat near the beginning? It, no, but the, it was all about a dog story and how the dog changed and the dog hated man by the end of it. Wow. I enjoyed it. It wasn't. I give it five Marics, but it was still um, um, ambitious. Uh, probably quite a low budget thing. But if you want to watch a film without people, or I just think that dogs need more opportunity, more screen time because they're a lot of them are better actors. Well, hopefully now he's won this uh, Palm Dog, he will be in more things. But it doesn't always work like that, does it? I mean, if you think of Jean de Jardin, he won an Oscar and he's not been in any. Well, any it, dog films it, recently it says here that there was two Body and Luke play there was two dogs playing the um, wow 
Oh, here we go. I'm looking at the dog now on IMDb, the main dog. Bo- he's named Body, but I'm sure it's pronounced Bodhi. Bodhi. Uh, he's what? He's won an award. He won. He's won the Palm Dog Award. Um, the trivia it says he's a dog. That's all it says about him. On, I mean, you might as well retire there. Is he top billing on IMDb for that film? Well, there's two, um, and both uh, Bodie and Luke they haven't gone on to do anything since. Oh, what? How old are they? Uh, I don't are know. they dead yet? No, they're still alive. Well, we're, uh, fingers <laughs> crossed they'll still uh, go on. Uh, okay, so that's about it, isn't it? I guess that's about it. So there's uh, a film. Uh, there's a film about a man and a film about a dog. Like that's a good double bill, isn't it? I think Buddy would enjoy this film. It's odd what he does enjoy watching. Uh, you can tell good uh, sound mixing because when there's a bark on the telly um, and he reacts. That you know, oh, it must sound like an actual dog. And when it's that sometimes it can be in films, it's going roof, 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 roof. Not in, doesn't ah, do anything. That's interesting. Something missing from that. But there you go. Um, well, I guess that's it, isn't it, for this week? Yeah. If you'd like to write to us, then please, please do. Uh, the email is dearfilmfandango at gmail dot com, or you can talk to one another and post anything you like on there. And people have been doing recently. Thank you very much for doing that. Go to facebook dot com forward slash filmfandango. Or you can tweet us at filmfandango at Mr. David Reed or at Marek Larwood. Um, yes, and there should be a, a brief trail on the beginning of this if everything's gone according to plan, which is just our attempt to try something new to try and get uh, our expenses paid on this. But if you'd like to donate for listening to the past episodes where we got paid nothing, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And everyone who's donated, thank you, thank you very, very much. We will be back next week. Keep watching the films. Keep watching the films. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.